franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with the business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Thank you for joining us today. We're here to bring you Unpredicted Entrepreneur. I'm Roxanne Rapsky. And I'm Sarah Wasco. And this is our first episode, and we're super excited to um, have you join us today. Our goal for this podcast and this series is really just to be a resource for you. We are here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and we specialize in providing education, tools, and resources for anybody that wants to explore franchise ownership. And so we just felt like this was a good platform to be able to provide information for anybody who may be seeking out how to explore business ownership. The reason we call the show Unpredicted Entrepreneur is because, like Sarah and I, most of our clients did not grow up thinking, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to have my own business. We started on another path, and there was something that happened. There was an event that caused us to look at other alternatives for our income. Sarah and I both have our stories. We're going to share that with you today, and we hope it resonates with you. If it does, please follow us. Um, our goal is to really bring you, like Sarah said, a lot of tools and a lot of education with this podcast. Yeah. So, you know, when I went to college and grew up, I mean, I was raised in a, um, with a mindset truly that I was going to get my education. I was going to get a job at um, some great company. I was going to work my way up and eventually retire from that company, get my gold watch and, you know, live on a beach somewhere, maybe. Um, my dad had started off um, after graduating from college in the drafting room at a steel company and worked his way up to plant manager. And, you know, that was just kind of the expectation that I had. And so really my journey kind of started back in 1988 where I started with AT&T. And I thought, you know, this is my dream job. I had had um, several different roles within the company, both on the long distance and the equipment side. And back in 19, then in 1998, I decided um, that I was going to step back from that corporate um, America situation. Um, I had great training and it was a really good job, but I um, had had my second child and it was a big decision, but I decided to stay home, be a stay-at-home mom. And I definitely remember sending the email that I was wasn't going to come back. At AT&T, we had the benefit of care of newborn child leave of absence. And so I really did not have to officially leave for a year. We got up to a year. So on the 364th day, um, I sent an email that said I would not be returning. And was able to just do some kind of part-time things along the way while I was, um, you know, caring for my kids. I feel like that's kind of where the entrepreneurial spark may have started for me. I worked for, um, or I represent, I didn't work for them, but I was a rep for this little t-shirt company and they sold these cute little t-shirts. 
And I, I kind of evolved my business to where I was doing it with, um, you know, preschools and group orders so that I didn't have to keep an inventory. So I made less per shirt, but, you know, I kind of was able to build my own little business that way. I think that's kind of where it started, but I was still only doing things part time. Um, then when I decided really to go back to a full, you know, kind of full-time job, if you will, my kids were in second and eighth grades at the time, and I started working for a startup. So I felt like at that point, you know, I'd had corporate America experience, and then I was working for the startup, and that was a very unique situation. Most of the clients that I worked with were independent business owners, and so I heard a lot of their woes and their stories about, um, you know, their struggles, and so when things became... Um, this, when I became dissatisfied, if you will, in that job, um, started thinking about what I was going to do. I was in my late 40s, and my sister and I were having a conversation. My brother-in-law had been laid off. Um, he was CFO of a company. He took them public and found himself in a situation where they truly did not need his expertise anymore. And so he started exploring franchises. And I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Well, I don't really think I want to own a franchise, but how are you finding these franchises? And they explained to me that they were working with a franchise consultant. And so that was back in 2012 and kind of how I became interested in the industry. I felt like it was a really good match for me because I had experienced corporate America. I had experienced a startup. And so it was a nice hybrid. It was a nice blend of those two types of business ownership, if you will, and employment, if you will. Yeah. So my story is that I spent 20 years in corporate America. It's so funny because, you know, Sarah and I teach workshops around town and I always tell the gold watch story because that's really the, the era, I'm going to even use an old word, um, that we come from. You know, we were um, just programmed that we were going to work somewhere for 30 years, get a gold watch and a pension and march off into the wilderness. I don't know. So I spent 20 years in corporate America and uh, overnight things changed when the financial markets imploded. Those of you that are old enough know exactly what I'm talking about. It was so severe that I went to bed one night with $10 million in loans in my pipeline. I woke up the next day, I had $400,000 left because the feds had seized all the wires that were going out on what they called the alternative A product. So I know I'm, there's some lingo there that's industry lingo, but um, what that... <laughs> boils down to is I was 100% commission and um, I wasn't making much on the $400,000 that were left in my pipeline. So with my income drying up overnight, I was a significant part of my family's income. The other thing that was going on is I was a working mom and I had a lot of working mom's guilt. My son was eight. I did not step down to raise him. We were very fortunate. My mom actually moved in with us and she raised him from the time that he was a baby. She helped us raise him. So my husband traveled a lot globally. I worked a lot. And having everything kind of fall apart really made me, I took some time to decompress and try to figure out what the heck I was going to do. Three and a half million people in my industry lost their jobs. So I didn't have a lot of choices. So I either needed to go back to school to get a different degree, learn something different. I needed to start at the bottom of a different industry, 
or I could turn to self-employment. Just so happens that a friend was, had sold two businesses and was looking at a franchise, fell into franchise consulting. Long story short, um, it sounded attractive, and I did that. I decided to do that. I did a business opportunity, which is similar to a franchise, but not. Uh, so you get a little bit of training, uh, not a whole lot of support. They train you, and then they just kind of take the training wheels off and let you go. So I did, I was a franchise consultant independently for the first six years. And then in 2013, FranNet fell in my lap. And FranNet is a franchise that helps people find franchises. We've been around for over 30 years. And we help people like us, like Sarah and I, we all have a story. There's always a reason that we are seeking alternatives. The other thing is that I think we have been raised to uh, and taught to diversify our assets, but not our revenue streams. And that's the other thing I think that Sarah and I want to teach on is how to diversify our revenue streams. Um, her, uh, she owns FranNet. She owns several locations. I'll let you speak for yourself. John, I'll let you tell a story about John. And uh, my husband and I owned a, um, a custom men or made-to-measure men's clothing store for a couple of years. So, you know, we're, we both, Sarah and I, have mostly a home-based, service-based business, but we've also both experienced retail location-based businesses, and we can be a resource for you. We have a lot of, we are very well networked in the community, and not only do we help our clients get into business, but we help them with our network after that. Yeah, so I think, you know, if COVID taught us anything, it was that there's no guarantees. And I think, you know, Roxanne, like you shared that your income stream changed overnight. Um, I'm, unfortunately, I think that happened last year. And so it's kind of a, um, a an opportunity now for people to really think. I think a lot of people did some soul searching last year and really evaluated their situation, what their past, you know, had been and and what they want to do in their future. And, you know, the reality is there's really no such thing as job security anymore. Um, things can change really fast. You know, who would have ever thought that some of these businesses that are kind of de deemed essential services, um, you know, in our minds ended up Closing, closing. I mean, we'd always referred to hair care as an essential service. And then, you know, overnight, basically, um, mm -hmm. those, those places had to close. So I feel that a lot of the interest these days is in folks trying to learn about other means of earning an income that may not include employment, or perhaps it includes employment with some other ideas as well. And so we've definitely seen an increase in our clientele's, um, you know, being uh, younger. So Roxanne kind of referenced our age and kind of the mindset that we were raised in. And the younger generation is not raised with that mindset. They have no expectation of being in a job and staying there for 40 plus years until they retire. And so we're definitely seeing an increase in um, prospective business owners, you know, kind of more in their even late 20s and 30s, 
versus when she and I kind of got in the business, it was really people like us who were, you know, in our 40s or, or older and something happened with our job. Thank you for joining us for this first episode. We have a lot of information to share with you and some other exciting episodes. Actually, on our next episode, we're going to answer some of the most frequently asked ask questions that we get um, as franchise consultants. So you can follow us on frannet.com. You can search us by name. We also have a LinkedIn page, Sarah Wasco and Roxanne Rapsky. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to visiting with you next time.